Welcome to Women's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we mentally transport ourselves down to the farm when we explore four funky farmhouse owls. I'm Joanne, and this is Tori. Hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. Uh, Now... We said we're going to go down to the farm, but I think someone's going to at us for that when we get to the grisette. But we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> well, the, the episode's called Farmhouse Sales. That's why I wrote it. Generally, they, <laughs> generally they are far, well, the beers we're going to look at today come under the title Farmhouse Ales. Um, and we'll talk about why that is shortly. Should we say what beers we're looking at today? Yeah. Do you want to yeah. just kick off with that? Anyways? All right. So we are going to look at Saison's. Bidgars and Grisettes. Oh my. Today, first one we've got in the lineup is Take Time Saison from Good Things Brew Co. I'm going to let you do the next one because yep. I, yep. yeah, I tap out on this one. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is La Goudal from, uh, well, no, this is from La Goudal and it is um, a Bidgard. It is a blonde Bidgard. We'll talk about what that means when we get to that um, next one i'm really interested about yeah so this is beat Degar by uh mccall's brewery so this is kind of the beer that started this whole thing because we'd done our episode where we were talking about weird things in beer and we'd said about carrots um and we tried to get hold of a beetroot beer and we hadn't been able to get hold of one and then i was looking at different beers as you do when you're deciding what you're gonna buy for the month um, and i found this beat Degar from uh McCall's and I was like oh we should grab one of those each so that we can talk about beetroot in beer again maybe and then we said well what is a beer to go and I was like well let's have a look at this because this is kind of a family of beers so we'll go into those details but that's the one that started it it's gonna be interesting to see what yeah. a not only a beetroot beer but a beetroot beer to go is like um and then luckily while we were doing that McCall's also had a spruce grisette as well. And you don't see many grisettes. But oh, I enjoy, and I, enjoy and I guess we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. But mm-hmm. the spruce element of it, is that, yeah, is that like that. trees? Like yeah, tree spruce. Right, okay. Because yeah. I was like, well, I don't want to ask in case that's like wildly wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in case I've made a wild assumption there. And I um, quite enjoy Now, I think spruce kind of divides the room because I really like a bit of spruce in beer um because of take a drink going to alaska <laughs> i had an absolutely excellent spruce tip blonde from uh, from skagway bruco uh, which just it was fruity and amazing and delicious um that was alaskan spruce this may well be um alpine spruce or scottish spruce and that tastes different but spruce is still a really interesting uh ingredient so we can have a little i don't think i've ever like. actually had at least knowingly i don't think Nothing i've had spruce, spruce in. in a beer before but i bought obviously um for another episode we got um the spruce foresight from wild weather yeah um that was like the foraged uh pine uh, spruce bits um so i thought that was like that was quite interesting and uh it wasn't until afterwards that you sent me this grisette and I was like, oh, I'm, oh assuming, I'm assuming that's what it is. But then I didn't mm-hmm. want to do that like repeat of what I said about citrusy. <laughs> I was like, right. is it citra hop? And you were like, yeah, no. but no, then I think it might be. <laughs> I did say they had hops in it. So, well, I mean, we don't know. It's not proven. Don't know. So I do want to make it as publicized. Not publicized so. anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whether whether or not we're going to say grisette is farmhouse or not, you can tell me all about that in a minute. But I mean, we classify this as a farmhouse sales episode. Yes. So I, I apologise for nothing. That's fine. Um, <laughs> shall we crack open the saison first? Yes, yes. And definitely. then I'll tell you a little bit about farmhouse sales, why, why these are called farmhouse sales. And then we'll get into saisons. Saisons are one of my absolute favourite styles ever. Oh, this one's a bit lively. Oh, is it? Whoop. Yeah. Oh god, it's it's dripping. <laughs> and it's not even a bottle. Oh, it is lovely. Um, Saisons do have a very they're quite carbonated. They do have a very big head generally. My pouring was not was your pouring weird? Because my yeah, pouring was weird. Oh, it filthy. smells really lovely. Oh, it's just got such like a nice 
light, fruity. That's nice. Smell to it. I really like yeah. it. Very um, thick white head on this one. Yes, that is what we would expect. From yeah. Saison. It should be effervescent. Lovely blonde um, colour. So says... farmhouse ales. Yes. Do you want to tell us about farmhouse Farmhouse ales. So um, in general terms, these are very like working people beers. They were brewed to be drank by people that were working on farms. And as it turns out for grisettes, people working in mines. So um, they were all kind of brewed in and around the France and Belgian region in various different places, depending on the style. Um, And they were brewed on farms. So if you looked at traditional recipes, there probably wasn't a standard recipe because the farms would just be chucking in whatever they, whatever malts, whatever ingredients they had around at the time. And then these were brewed and put aside for seasonal workers. So moving into saisons, that quite nicely moves us in. Um, a saisonaire is a seasonal worker. Oh. So the saison was brewed. So this is the, this is how the story goes. Though so there's a little bit, you know, with most beer history stories, you've got to always take a little bit of a pinch of salt. Um, these were brewed in the southern area of Belgium, which is called Wallonia, and it is French-speaking. Um the story goes that the beer was brewed in the winter months and then stored to give to seasonal farm workers in the summer. It's about thought that this might be a little bit of a fairy tale. It's probably just like beer, not necessarily the saison, but beer in general was brewed with whatever the farm had to be given to workers. Um, it was thirst quenching because it's a beer. It's got, you know, it's got malt in it. It's got a little bit of nutrition in it that could keep them going the ABV would be lower than we would expect today because they could drink it throughout the day and they'd be given like a portion of beer that they would have for their working day. Um, it could have had, in those original recipes, it could have had barley, it could have had wheat, it could have had spelt, it could have had rye in it. So all sorts of different flavours you could have got from that. The modern version that we drink today was actually developed by DuPont in the 1920s. Uh, and this is the standard of what we expect from a saison um what is important about it is the yeast characteristics um usually it's only the yeast that gives those characteristics to it so you might get you're going to get some spiciness and pepperiness from it um but in modern versions because you know our brewers like to have a little experiment different spices and flavorings have been added to saisons now by craft brewers to give us really interesting things um a note that i thought was really interesting about saisons is that bjcp so the beer judge certification program where we get our style guidelines generally from they say that the malts that are used in a saison are continental malts so that is as opposed to your regular American two-row or six-row barley. Um, so it could be any mixture of wheat, oats, rye, and spelt. Um, sugar and honey can often be added. This is quite a dry style, so it's highly attenuated. That yeast gets in there, eats up all the sugars, and you've got a nice dry finish. But honey or sugar can be added to add flavouring. Um, and usually SARS or Styrian or East Kent Golding hops are used for spicy and earthy characteristics. Interestingly, you can get darker versions. You don't see them very often. But I had Leviathan's Black Magic Imperial Black Saison. Yeah, I'm really jealous. And it was <laughs> beautiful. Really beautiful. I'm really jealous of that because I really would like yeah. to. I mean, while you were drinking that, I was drinking Full Circle's uh, Peach and Apricot Saison, <laughs> I mean, like like literally glass after glass. Amazing. It is that is an just, amazing one. It is so gorgeous. Like Anytime I get the opportunity to drink it, I do because it's just really lovely even people that were like I don't usually like saisons I was like just drink this like just just drink this just tell me what you think and even people that didn't really like it would come out going even if they said like I'm not like I I'm not it's not for me necessarily they've gone like actually it tastes a lot better than how I normally get on because it was like that fruitiness to it as you're saying like they put lots of peach and apricot in it so for them they were like you know these people were like oh it's a lot fruitier and just like yeah. this really thick like 
full fruity saison and and what they didn't like about saisons kind of the edge of that kind of was taken off by the fruit so yeah but I'm still jealous you got to try the black oh, saison. <laughs> like the, I've like never seen thing, a black saison before I've like, heard really of them good. and I've been I've actually been developing a recipe for one. Oh, um I may brew it <laughs> soon because I've got some Kent cherries that I put in the freezer um that are perfect for brewing with and I was like, I could do that dark saison recipe with Kent cherries. Obviously, that might be <laughs> an amazing Christmas beer. Yes, that'd be gorgeous. Because the thing that I love about saisons, and we haven't even got into this one yet, is just I love the complexity. I'm sipping of it. Them. I can't wait. It smells so good. They're just like that peppery spiciness, and then there's some citrus usually in there. This one, I was having a quick look on the side. They've added. Ooh, this one. <laughs> has Ooh. been it's been brewed with Beaujolais wine yeast and Nelson Savin hops so you're getting grape and passion fruit that's what I can smell it smells I think I've got double Amazing. labeled um, oh yeah oh yeah so you have <laughs> so I, yeah, you've you got like, no info you you were reading off the can and I was like what are you reading, reading? <laughs> and I just kept spinning it like what well I like a good label so to me this is an extra great yeah so because it's double labeled but I was like what are you looking at <laughs> Mine has got information on the side. So I'll read it because you haven't got it. So you know what it says. Yeah, thank you. So it says, um, this is 5% ABV, which is about, about standard for a saison. Yeah. Um, it's saison season. And here is take time. A classic style saison brewed with Beaujolais wine yeast and with Ooh. the addition of Nelson Savin hops, grape and passion fruit are the lead notes of this brew. Enjoy cold. Now, I've had a little sip. It is a beautiful colour. It is. It really um, is. It's lightly hazed which you can ex- you can sometimes expect with a saison because if it's got wheat or oats in it you're going to get that haze on there it had a massive white head yes when we poured it obviously it's it's been to be fair it's not like it didn't quickly recede either i think it's just no. it's been sat there yeah. and I've, I've had a sip of it already i've been talking been a lot playing, <laughs> playing with it um so usually when you smell saison you get like really peppery mm. notes spicy notes this one, not so much, but that is probably because they've used Beaujolais wine yeast instead of your usual kind of like, mm. usually one of the strains is called Belle Saison. Um, that gives really lovely peppery, spicy, but it's still got... I got the citrusy from it. Yeah, it's definitely get, definitely getting citrus. I'm getting the white white wine grape mm. from the Nelson. Love a bit of Nelson. Yeah, I mean, in the taste, you definitely get... I, I've had a sip of it already. I think you definitely get the Nelson in the and taste. And I'm getting passion fruit from the aroma when you swirl it. Oh, I didn't get that, but mm. I also didn't do the typical swirly swirls. It's dry, which you expect yeah. from Saison. Saison's a nice, dry, thirst-quenching beers because they were for workers. They wanted to have their thirst quenched while they were working hard. Presumably, when it when they're working, it's probably mm. going to be in the nicer weathered... Yeah, so it'd be in the summer. <laughs> so it wouldn't be. be it would, yeah, it'd have been. So there were seasonal workers, extra workers in the summer when you know harvest and whatnot is happening. So <sighs> that must yeah. have been amazing to be back in the day, and you're like, what am I going to do for a job? Yeah, like, I'm just going to go work on the farms and get beer. <laughs> I mean, I think it was a bit harder work than that. <laughs> that's much more romanticized. Yeah, but that's like the that's at least you get that as a payoff like think of all the other jobs you could like your blacksmithing well that's true. are you getting beer when you're blacksmithing probably not <laughs> probably not you're not getting rewarded at the end of the day with like nice freshly made <laughs> beer from like yeah you're just not getting that but yeah. but yeah should, should i tell you a bit about um good things yes um, so they've they've been quite a uh, topical as of recent yes. um for a reason I'll get into in a minute, but uh, I'm fairly confident actually that we have spoken about them before because I think we talked about them on the sustainability episode. I think we mentioned them briefly. I don't think we like did an in-depth thing on them, but I do think that we sort of mentioned they were one of the sustainable breweries you could buy from. Um, and the reason that they were mentioned is that for anyone that's not aware of the situation, they were the first closed loop, fully sustainable brewery. So um, that is like, they kind of make use of, of everything really um which is quite interesting i think they if i if i go to their website quick because i think they've put it on there i can give you sort of a really quick example of that so uh just parts that they mention are 
we bore our own water, create our own power and turn our spent brewer's grain into flour, which is used all over from pizza restaurants to bakeries, which I thought was quite interesting. So we bore our own water from 63 meters below our brewery. Uh, we power our brew with a 50 kilowatt array of photovoltaic solar panels. I have no idea if I've just said that right. And um, I'm not going to try again because it was really difficult. Uh, we then turn our spent grain and byproduct of the brewing process into flour. Uh, we we use cans instead of bottles due to being lighter to transport and because aluminum is around 95% circulation. So yeah, that's that's I won't read everything to it, but that was uh, a part of what they've written. And I thought that was quite interesting so for anyone that's interested that you can go on their website you can read more about that they're based in tunbridge wells um they started it's brewing me yeah it's not yeah. crazy well me, but you know closer probably closer to, to me than something <laughs> yeah um they started brewing on site in april of 2019 in the 17th century farmhouse now if you've been on the beer forums reason joe's face if you're watching the video is very very, very sad, sad is if you've been on the beer forums, you'll likely know that unfortunately, um, as of the recording of this, it's not been too many. I think it's just about two weeks ago now. Um, they've just lost the barn that they've treasured on uh, July 25th. There was quite a devastating fire that they had. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. I think that's the biggest part. Yeah. Um, and my understanding is that they, they still have a separate office if i if i remember correctly from what was said they still have a separate office which they've now managed to get power and you know they've gotten the electrics and the plumbing sorted to that office that they can kind of continue to rebuild the pieces from that office um but the barn is just they have to completely from what i understand completely rip it down and build it back up again um for anyone that's interested, there is a GoFundMe page if, if you want to help. I've donated. I think, I've Joe, donated, you donated yeah, as well. Um, as of today, I've just checked again today, they are just over 20,000. They had a goal of 15K wow. was their target, and they've reached just over 20K. Um, again, from what I've heard, it's it's just been able to help them start, get back on track. Um I've heard that that's helped them start before they could even get somebody from the insurance agency down to assess the situation. Because the way, I mean, there's a lot of red tape, like to, to make insurance claims and everything else. Meanwhile, you have like, yes, okay, insurance might cover bits and bobs they need doing, but in the real world, you know, it's their livelihood. Yep. They've got workers they have to pay for and they can't do anything until yeah. this insurance claim goes through and they get it all sorted. And this has allowed them to sort of be able to pivot and get back on their feet a lot quicker. So I really do urge people to help them. If if you can spare one coffee, you know, one really expensive Starbucks venti with all yeah. the works, five quid coffee, um, that can even help make all the difference, I think. Um yeah when I looked again today it looks like I think a lot of people went and they bought their beer from what they had on their website it looks like all they have on their website at the moment is their tipper called table for one um it does appear to still be on their website and available if you're interested in helping them by purchasing beer uh but yeah when when we're supposed to be recording this it was going to be national ipa day as well so that was literally i was like it's great for national ipa day you can go out and you can get yourself a doozy of a you know a tipper um to to celebrate and and help them out because they just they seem like really nice people doing a lot of really good in terms of sustainability and and this beer is delicious i just point out it was a fire but it wasn't like you know somebody that wasn't arson it wasn't like an like something happened in the brewery and it caught fire it was struck by lightning. <laughs> so there was absolutely nothing. Nobody was doing anything like, negligent. Nobody was doing, yeah, no, it, it was struck by lightning in the storm. And because of because it was an old barn, it just happened that it caught fire. And because they obviously have different bits and bobs for brewing yeah. that are probably yeah. more flammable than, than other places, other it's probably yeah. didn't help the situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was, yeah, a good good point to mention. It was nobody being yeah. negligent on the job, them not storing things properly, them not, you know, keeping their equipment the right way, um, nobody coming in and starting a rogue fire yeah. or anything like that. It was literally just a poor twist of fate that yeah. a lightning strike. And, and that's, it's, it's the irony of it is they're very sustainable. They're very like, let's do things in like a natural, nice way. And then nature just, yeah. Which was me. Um, and I know that barn from what I read online, that barn meant quite yeah. a lot to them. So 
anything you can this do, is um, joe will put the link in the show yes, notes i'll for put the, the link to the GoFundMe. i think this is like the best side of the craft beer community yeah like everyone has pulled together to help yeah. support um an excellent business keep up the good work everybody hmm. that's it it's just being there for each yeah. other and all that and offering i mean i i think I saw the post put on Facebook of unfortunately this has happened just to let everybody know this has happened. They didn't immediately go and say, here's a GoFundMe page, come and help us. What happened from, from my perspective of what I witnessed was they posted it on there. A bunch of us said, what can we do to help you? This is really like, this is really sad to see. Can we, can we donate? How, how can we help you? Can you put a GoFundMe together? And then based off of the feedback from everybody saying, can you do something so that we can help you? They started to go, page it wasn't a case of they just went we've had a fire here's a go funny can yeah. you help us it was it was in direct response to the community saying please let us help you um yeah. and for quite a small brewery i mean that's i don't think they maybe get as much attention across the uk especially for how good their beers are i don't think they get as much um, attention as maybe they should do either so it's not like they're one of these big massive breweries that everyone's already known about in you know filtering money through and I think even for those breweries it would be difficult to recover from something like this so I think it's really important to to just help each other out especially when it's somebody smaller and maybe potentially more underrated compared to where they should be rated so um do what you can to help them out I I the thing is as well was they were one of the ones that I had on my list of beers to try so I'm really glad I managed to get a few beers from them yeah (laughs) um and happy to help them especially with how much sustainability stuff they do really happy to fund money into them channel channel money that direction yeah. to them um, I was gutted because I was really like oh it'll be be quite nice to like someday try to speak to them and stuff and then I read this and I was like maybe not yet maybe not now <laughs> another day um, <laughs> maybe they've got quite quite a lot to worry yeah, about they got a bit the on their plate at the minute so yeah just a little bit so yeah our thoughts go to them we really hope that they can come back from this even stronger than ever and yeah. and now hopefully more people know about them and want to get a hold of their beers maybe it starts off with you want to support them so you buy their beer to support them having never heard of them before and then you find out you really really like them so Go get their tipper and donate to the GoFundMe if you can afford it. Yes. Link in the show notes. Yes, link in the show notes. Right. Our next type of beer is the beer de gar. Yeah, so I've definitely, I've definitely like drank beer de gars before, but I don't know. For me, I, I don't know. I think what happened is when we were discussing, I've had all these different types of like, you know, French and Belgium and German, all yes. these type of beers, but I don't really know the difference between them in the sense of what makes one this and another one that and the characteristics mm-hmm. about them. So I thought it'd be quite interesting. Yeah. So I haven't had very many beer de gars. Um, I went and had a look. I think I've only had about four. And yeah. often you'll find, so the Colonel do a beer de gar every now and then. Uh, they generally put fruit in it though. So it's not exactly... You know, which is yeah. cool and tasty, <laughs> but you're not going to find out exactly what a beer de gar tastes like if it's got extra fruit in it. You know, it'll still be a delicious beer, but if you want to know what an actual, you know, following the little box guidelines of what a beer de gar officially tastes like, you won't be able to do that with one that's got fruit in it because um, the original recipe doesn't necessarily have fruit in as you always say in order to break the rules you have to know the rules to break right. them so before you can get creative if you homebrew or make stuff yourself you want you're interested in knowing more about it it's good to know those little box yes. rules even though we don't like to be trapped in little boxes no. it's nice to know them so yeah. you know how to break them officially exactly. so i also really like this bottle top it, yeah. so if you're looking at the video the bottle top is gorgeous so i've not drunk this one before la goudal um but i have seen lorries with it on on the motorway fairly frequently and i was i've ne- I'd actually never seen the beer anywhere to get hold of it um and then suddenly they started selling it in morrison's nice and i was like oh there's that beer that I've seen. there's that beer i've seen on those lorries um i didn't get one when i saw it that and then i was like what uh, oh, i want to have a look at like a proper beer to gar can i find one and i was like oh that beer from the lorries is beer to gar let me go down to morrison's my morrison's has no longer got any went not. on a little trip found one for both myself and Tori my Morrison's now has it back in again annoyingly of course it does that's, <laughs> that's it does. A lot. but that's fine because 
um that means that i can get it more regularly if if i like it so but i love the bottle shape it's, beautiful, it's a it? nice little like yeah. i don't know how would you describe that bottle um, it's, it's like of, a long you know neck with a little bulb at the bottom it looks it reminds me of an aspinall's cider bottle yes if anyone's in those i can see that i would say for anyone that has it like long thin very neck long that, thin that neck. goes out to like the the bulbous bit at the bottom yeah. but the neck is just extra elongated compared yes. to a normal bottle looks like a little bell like a bell yeah, yes, if i yes, could describe that in that way and then that yeah. that gorgeous bottle top that i was talking about if you're listening and not watching i would say does, is that are those hot are those hops and that's what there's definitely like um wheat wheat and it's those like little yeah, I don't know if there's hops. berries or little hops, it's but little it's hops. just a nice little. I'll yeah. show it again if you're watching the video, but it's um it's a nice yeah. little touch on that. So I'm a bit nervous to open it. I'm a bit nervous how lively it's going to be. We shall see, <laughs> and then I'll tell you about them. Oh, it's not very lively. Oh no, it's fine. That's totally fine. Do you keep your bottle tops? Because I like keeping my yes. bottle tops. I've got a Haribo sweet tub full of them, and my plan is one day to do a bar top with them. Yeah, that's what I saved mine as well because I want to do some type of like resin art with them as well. Yeah, but I, I like that. Um, for some reason, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought you were going to say I have a Haribo topped one, and I was like, how? Like, that's how you got a Haribo? <laughs> Haribo from anyone that listens to us outside the UK is like gummy bears. If you're in the US, like they make yeah, like that, gummy bears. Haribo in the US? Um, uh, maybe you do now, but we didn't when I was younger. Oh. Well, not when I, well, not in when my I part, used to not go, my part I used to get Haribo all the time. Yeah, not in my part of the country. Oh, really? We didn't have Haribo, no. We don't have Haribo in Boston, that's weird. No, maybe they Most do now. Most bears all the time. Maybe they've had them in the last eight years, but oh. it's basically, or maybe maybe those are, maybe they make gummy bears and I just, we just call them gummy bears. Maybe, yeah. And we only have them in bears, like we don't have yeah. like these You've wacky got mix, rings got, like, and like fried egg. Like <laughs> yeah, proper, proper pick and mix. Yeah, I don't no, suppose do you that. didn't have pick and mix either, did you? Like no, where you could just go in the had, shop and buy like penny sweets. So we had penny candy. When I grew okay. up, I grew up um going down to, to do a bit. Ke- no, it doesn't. But I you know what? I like to think that That's people it. enjoy That's having it, yeah. these little uh sides. Um when I was a kid, I used to spend my summers going down to the to Cape Cod, the Cape as we call it, with mm-hmm. my grandparents. Um, and I used to spend like weeks down there over summer vacation. And they had uh, like the general store mm-hmm. that was nearby to where I live. We sort of used to do a walk. We'd walk around the Cranberry Bog and then we'd like go into where the playground was. And across in the playground, there would be um, the general store. And then you'd go in those penny candy. Okay. Now, what really yeah. s me off about that, though, is like now that I'm older, there was never a penny. Like there was only a few things like you could get like a Tootsie Roll for a penny or something like oh. that. Or like a chocolate, gold chocolate coin, like a tiny one for a yeah. penny. But then you'd have like this one's 10 cents. Big League Chew is 25 cents or something. And I mean, then you'd be like, that's not, a, this is yeah, not no, all penny candy. Now right. I have to make decisions about I mean, how to spend like $1. <laughs> that's what it's like now. Um, when I was a kid, so we would, so um we'd pick up my cousin from primary school on a friday afternoon i'd finish school my brother would finish school we'd go and pick up my cousin from primary school and there was a parade of shops and we go in the paper shop and we were allowed a comic and we were allowed 50p a penny sweets <laughs> so and then they were all a penny and you would get 50 different sweets in a bag then not anymore like <laughs> over here as well though because like penny candy that i'm used to in the us yeah. they're all very it's all wrapped individual things like you oh, could so you get know, this a ring a... pop for 50p and stuff yeah, pick no. and mix here is still even i don't know how this happens with covid it's still like oh yeah like just a container it's like a wall for people in the us just picture like a wall yeah that has all these different like clear plastic containers that all have like just think of like loose m&ms and loose gummy bears and loose everything and you get like the, the shovels and you like scoop it out and either put it into like a bag or into a like a starbucks style like yeah. plastic cup thing um and then i always just see kids at the supermarket like just putting their hands in and like taking things out and i was like uh <laughs> like i'm just like i i'm not a germaphobe but even pre-covid i was like this is why we don't buy pick and mix because <laughs> children's grubby hands are like digging in and then and then their parents are like that's up, called yeah. stealing it builds up yeah in my immune system it's fine yeah. no good anyway beer beard god <laughs> not, not just beer beard god beard god beard god right beard-a-god. so this is a blonde beard god 
which I will tell you in a minute why that is important. Um, the the name literally means beer which has been kept or lagered. I like the smell of it. Oh, it's very sweet. The multi grainy. Yes, yeah, it's like so one of my Im- favorite. So yeah, that's important because um, it's a traditional artisanal ale from northern France, and it was brewed in the early Ooh. spring and kept in cold cellars uh, to be drunk in the warmer months, much like the saison. Um, it is now, of course. However, brewed year round because now we have temperature control. Um, it is related to the Belgians, uh, to the Belgian saison style, but the main difference is it is going to be rounder, more malty, and it lacks that spicy bitterness that is a key feature of the saison. Um, so it's going to be fairly strong, um, malty. It's lagered. Um, and there are a range of malt flavors from different versions. So you can get, there's about three main versions. There's a blonde, an amber, and a brown. This one that we've got is the blonde. And they can range from golden blonde to a reddish bronze or chestnut brown. I mean, this one's very gold. This one's, this one's very one's gold. definitely so golden, is, very yes, clear, is, see It's very clear. L- lovely little bubbles going yeah. up. There's a, there was a nice white head on it. Mine is gone. lovely and lacing on the glass there. Yes. Um, Look at that if you're watching the video. I'm getting lots of, I'm just getting lots of lovely kind of. I do like all. watching lacing as well on it. Um, I think it tastes, the reason I said, whoa, a minute ago is because I wasn't expecting it. When you said it was sweet, I was like, okay, let's see how it is. I wasn't expecting it to be as sweet as it was. Yeah, I was Because it smells, it, yes, it has that malty smell to it, but it, it's more of that grainy malty sort of that doesn't, you know how you can usually kind of tell when the maltiness lands in a very sweet way this didn't have that yeah. very sweet note to it as it normally does so i just it took me by surprise yeah it's because it's got toffee it's got kind of a bit of toffee caramel in yes. there um on the nose it's quite like it just kind of smells like grain so you don't expect that toffee character because it's not in the no. aroma very much i almost get a bit of um like orangey quality to it as well but not like really strong orange. Like I don't like know marmalade. how to explain it. Yeah, like a marmalade mm. type orange, but not not fully orange and not fully marmalade, but somewhere kind of in the middle. If that makes sense, <laughs> if I can, yeah. if I can say that, and hopefully it makes sense. <laughs> yes, Ooh, um, I've nice. not seen an amber or brown version, but I'm going to be keeping my eye out for them now. I could say I haven't either, but that could also be just because. A lot of times when I drink these, like it, it's very, you can tell by the smell and by the taste, it has that very, I, I can't really put it into words other than saying it's a very European type taste. Like it doesn't, t- it tastes like it's coming less from the UK specifically and more from across Europe. Yeah. Um, and so many times if I'm drinking that, I'm either somewhere abroad and I don't actually know the style I'm drinking. I'm just like, that looks nice. I'll have that. Um, or the bottles in a different language and I've just gone that looks cool I'll have that so I don't know I could have had one without realizing that's what I was having <laughs> yeah possible yeah, this is really nice yeah I like it I think again it's it's refreshing for the summer months mm. and it's I don't think it's as, as complex as the saison but it's still very tasty mm. yeah I wouldn't say it's I don't think it's as complex as the saison but I wouldn't say that it's one dimensional yeah no it's not you know th- this isn't a light lager <laughs> no no there's still and stuff going on in like, it it is more it's not like thin and watery or no, anything no, like it's that got, it's, it's definitely nice, more like it has this nice medium a I nice think, body like, it's a beefiness to it yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's I'm just sad that it's really crap out today it's really rainy really crap because I feel like if it was sunny out this would be really gorgeous the sun is shining right now but it was absolutely tipping it down oh well, it's going back what's... and forth the last two days yeah. it's been like sun rain sun rain. Yeah, i don't know what's happening <laughs> in kent right now the but at least we're still coming. connected it's all right we're still connected <laughs> when we tried to record this the first time we got wiped out by rain we, we tried to pivot and we were like we'll record this way that didn't work and we're like <laughs> how about this way that we hit another hiccup so uh the fact that we're still able to record when it's chucking it down again today excellent news yes yes right so I think we need to crack this um, beet degar. Beet degar. I like see... the name. Yeah, I do like the name. That's I find calling them beets is very American. Like we don't call them beets. Yeah, they are beet Is roots. this? I was going to say, is that like 
again, like a really stupid question, much like my question the other day that was stupid. Um, beetroot and beet, that's the same thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then yeah. I was like, is there anything different about it? No, you lot are just <laughs> too lazy to say beetroot. That's, we're also too lazy. We take use out of words yeah. like all yeah, the time. exactly. So, um, if we can make it even just that one letter quicker, that is, <laughs> that's what matters. Beets. I like beetroots. Yeah, I just call it beets because I'm I, cracking this bad boy open. I'm a bit nervous to oh, try yeah. it if I'm honest. Yeah, I don't really like beetroot. I don't either. <laughs> I remember being forced to eat beets. It as smells a kid like beetroot, and being like, I hate this. Beetroots have a really. Earthy, it's not the color I expected. Earthy taste. Oh, is it not? Oh no. no. There's a lovely head on red. it though. Really, I expect it to be red as well, but it is this like orangey, golden, amber. Yeah, so I think you have lovely got a amber color. color from from the beets. But if you when you do a direct it the... comparison, yeah, and it's slightly hazier than, the, is, yeah. than the straightforward one. But the head on this is gorgeous. Like nice I feel like that's a really nice head. Spongy. It smells like beetroot because it just smells. It like does. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I'm sure of... it's lovely. I'm sure it's lovely, but I just smell beets and I feel traumatised. Actual dirt. No, I'm getting something else. I'm getting like a yeasty character. Yeah, it's like maybe pro. Maybe oh, like a bit of bubble gum. Let's see what no. it says on the back. Right, the simple beer of the land, aromatically enticing, earthy and crisp from the first mouthful, a fruity, sweet and juicy body embraces you before spicy classic hot notes lead to a dry refreshing and boozy heartwarming finish yeah because we didn't point out that the uh la good uh is (laughs) 7.2 this one's 7.1 so not far off um we say what they normally are percentage wise i didn't look it up right i'll do in a sec sorry we'll cut that and we'll go hang on okay i don't want to drink it i don't want to do it it literally smells like beets it does I mean, it's a beetroot beer. What did you expect? I don't know. I feel traumatized all over again. <laughs> I feel like I'm having like PTSD of my childhood of being forced to sit at the table and my mum being like, you need to eat at least three beets. And I was like, but they're gross. Oh, so the uh, the range of ABVs for a beer de gar is uh, six to eight point five. So about smack in the middle. Like bang on in the middle. Yeah. yeah, they're about bang on in the middle. Both um, of them. Uh, so, continuing the label, it says brewed with rich continental malts. So, have we got, uh, what does it say? Uh, and it's barley. Oh, Pilsner, Munich, and Vienna. Oh, I like this label. It's got really interesting information on it. <laughs> I knew um, you'd like the label. Yeah. I do actually have the label on this one. <laughs> yes. Malted barley, Pilsner, Munich, and Vienna. So, I'm hoping we get a bit of uh, toastiness in there. Beetroot, hops, fuggles and sazz. So we're going to get some earthiness that's going to go with that beetroot. We're going to get some, maybe some spiciness from the sars, uh, which I never say right. Um, and it's brewed with rich continental malts, delicate noble hops and lots of beetroot fermented with classic Abbey Belgian yeast. Uh, oh, so I wonder if that's where I'm getting a bit of that bubble gum from. And then matured for five weeks to allow the complex blend of flavours and aromas to marry perfectly. The beet goes on. <laughs> that's a good it, one i like the label where it looks like a bunch of it slices does look of like a bunch it does yeah <laughs> it's just a nice label and when you you go oh that, those colors are nice and then you realize oh it probably is supposed it's to be beetroot. like cartoony it's, it's beets it's actual beetroot <laughs> right cheers i'm going in uh, it just it tastes like beets tastes like beetroot but like not in like a like i'm not uh, I was going to say smelling it gave me like PTSD to my childhood. I didn't want to drink it. I'm going to be honest. Like I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Um, but we're, it doesn't we're drinking taste this as... for you, listeners. So you don't. Know yeah. No. The thing is, it's it's not it's not a slight at all no. to the brewery by any means because I it's know exactly what it says. On I the don't. I don't like beetroot. Yeah. <laughs> so why am I drinking this? Because I'm interested and I like to try yeah. new things. And I think sometimes you get people on forums are like, if you didn't like that, why would you get that bit? Like, it's not like I'm going to go out and slate them for going, this tastes like beetroot and I don't like beetroot. This is a well-made beer because it, it tastes very, like beetroot. And it you tastes told like beetroot. me it was going to taste like beetroot. It does. Five out of five. Exactly. No, exactly. It tastes exactly as it is. Do I enjoy it? I'm like, oh. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It, I mean, actually, it's making me think about how I don't dislike the taste of beetroot as much as I thought I did. In the okay. sense of like, 
I don't like beetroot, but I didn't drink that and just go, I can't finish that can. I can finish the can of that. Take another sip because it gets better. Because then you start getting the toasty, toasty malts of... I just want to get on my soapbox, though, and just say that. The people that are like, why do you drink something that you know you don't like? And I think my response to that... You've got to try things. But my response to that is try things, try new... I like trying new and different things, even if it's something that I don't think I'm going to like, first of all. And second of all, people's taste buds change. So if somebody doesn't like sours... So say they're new to beer and they go, I don't like sours don't like it never gonna buy a sour again they try a sour they go hate it not for me then they start drinking you know all these different things they start getting more of a palette for craft beers and the different flavors and not just you know watered down macro lager they start to go oh i'm taking in all these flavors i'm taking everybody's you know feedback on board of their tasting notes and everything else like that then they go back and they try a sour again and they might go actually i have a different appreciation and my palate has changed and how i actually view this has changed or maybe they say a standard traditional sour not for me but when it's fruited like when it's got high amounts of fruit in it i actually like this so i think that anybody that says like oh you shouldn't have bothered drinking that if you know that that's not something that you like i agree with them that yes it shouldn't get slated just because you don't like it because you say i don't like sours this is a sour zero stars sort of thing unless you can substantiate that with yeah it's too thin it tasted off something like that i get that but you shouldn't slate it if it's not your style but likewise we shouldn't slate people or put them off trying new things because i think you don't realize how much your tastes have changed until you put yourself out of your comfort zone to try things you wouldn't normally drink now do i like beetroot no (laughs) do i suddenly like beetroot now that i've had this no is this beer for me no but is it so offensive that i won't drink the rest of it no I'll, i'll definitely drink the rest of it Thank you for joining my TED Talk. I'm coming off my soapbox. <laughs> it's the same with, you know, we sit, like, you know, craft people sit there and go, I don't like lager. I don't like lager. Um, I've gone back and actually now I'm enjoying various different lagers. And actually I'm going back to lagers that I said, oh, I, I didn't like that. And then I'm like, well, actually I can appreciate X, Y, Z about it. It's not a beer that I'm going to session, but I can appreciate. But maybe you go back and you look at yeah. why you don't like it. Yeah. Because maybe it's a... I actually thought that I I thought that this is at the start. I thought that this is what lager was. Yeah. And then you go back and you try it again. You go, oh, actually, the reason I didn't like this is because it wasn't crisp enough for me or it was just a bit too watery. I didn't, you know, the consistency of it wasn't. wasn't But that brewery over there might be doing it slightly differently. And then maybe you might like that style or, you know, that ingredient. (laughs) Maybe you just want to drink Braybrook forever. Right. Right. (laughs) And that's cool because we're all, we've all got different tastes. We've all got different taste buds. We all taste things. And you are an expert on what you taste. So if that's how it tastes to you and you don't like it, cool. doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad beer. It just means you yeah. don't like it. It's, it's the difference between putting yourself out of your comfort zone and trying new things versus yeah. making false claims that something it's bad. You know, by fact, yeah. it's bad when it's when you are also saying that you're admitting you don't. It's not your style. Therefore, yeah. unless you can substantiate why it's bad, you can't just go. You can't just throw that around willy nilly of it's a bad beer. It's like, well, elaborate on that. Don't just yeah. say it's not my style. It's bad. But or yeah, just I, I, or just don't say anything at all. Or don't say anything at all. <laughs> just just drink it. Just drink it. Yeah. Like it or don't, and then just don't say anything. Yeah. Speaking of Braybrook. Yeah. I went to, so I was around London yesterday. It was um, a delayed anniversary celebration and we were killing time in London. Um, we had a few things we were doing and in between we'd like stop and get coffee. And I stopped and I got coffee somewhere and it was this tiny little coffee shop, but they also had, it said like beer, wine and coffee. And I was like, what's this? And it was a little like walk up window. It was called the shed. Okay. It's called shed. Um and we just walked up, and we got a coffee and I went, I'm just going to go see what beer they have, just out of curiosity. They had some really interesting beers, you? but the whole top pro, it was like three different Braybrooks. And I was nice. like, this place Fs. No, I didn't get any. No. I was like, I'm being really good. I'm not going to get any. <laughs> but I, I wanted to because we were about to go sit in a park and I just ordered a coffee and I was like, I could easily just have this Keller, Keller lager <laughs> in the park. And then I was like, no, I'll be good. I won't do that. But yeah, I was really excited to see Braybrook's 
in the fridge at this tiny little place i mean they had a lot of other really good stuff as well but the bray brooks like caught my attention like that i was like yes they're quite difficult to get hold of can i just say so as i was showing if you watch the video behind me you can see the things in my light box it looks like i'm holding them like ding (laughs) um uh, we went (laughs) to this amazing place in westfield called ichiba and it's like a japanese it was saying like a japanese restaurant like over hundreds of things to eat and everything but it's also a store (laughs) i went in there I lost my ever-loving mind. Like, I was like... You love a bit of that. I am so happy. Like, Rick and I were like, let's just eat all the things. And then I saw all the, like, drinks. They have, if anybody has gone to Japan themselves or knows uh, about Japanese cocktails and stuff like that, um, they had chew highs. I was... I lost my mind. I bought two chew highs. Those were over there. As well as ramen bottles, which are the bottles where they've got the marble and you've got a... Oh. Pop the marble down. Have you ever heard of rum? No. I'll show you them later. Okay. I'm not going to show you them on this episode. No. But I just wanted to point out, I'm really excited because I've got, we had one yesterday, but I've got five more ramenes <laughs> and two chuhais. <laughs> and I bought curry bread and I bought melon pan and I had katsu curry and gyoza and karage for lunch. And it was so authentic tasting and it was amazing. Go to Westfields, go to Ichiba. They don't, they don't pay us they don't you know this is not a sponsorship <laughs> she's just loving it i just fucking love it, she's loving it. She's loving <laughs> i'm it. passionate anyways anyway farmhouse yeah i'm not feeling it though it does exactly what it says on the can so i make rick drink it because i you, bet he'll like it. he'll be like, like oh beetroot it's healthy right and there's a few people that like it like a more savory beer this is a more it's very beer. it's very earthy it's like very that, earthy that's my problem savory. it's beetroots are very earthy yeah. it's like dirt yeah. and beetroot yeah. and it's not that i don't mean that as like an off no an off flavor like no, that is just that it, is what, it's what you get it's like it's what it says on the tin yeah. it is an earthy yeah. savory beer it's not for me but it was an interesting experiment it's not going to go to waste i can i can tell you that now obviously we're going to have the grisette now before yes. we go into the grisette because that's also yes. from mccall's brewery um should yes. i just give you a, a really yes. brief brief of you so what i found about them is so they've officially started in 2017 and it was founded by danny and Gemma mccall they're located in bishop auckland that's up near durham so i saw auckland and i was like is this New Zealand? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to Google. And I was thinking, how did you get this? And I thought you did order from New this Zealand like, Beer Collective. So I Googled. Again. Yeah, this is the problem. It's like when you're like me and you're foreign, <laughs> you were like, where is this place? I've never heard of it. Now, what makes it worse is when you admit, when you're like, when you're also like me and you sound like you're from Bristol or West Country and you're a secret agent undercover and you say you don't know where some place is, like, Newcastle we're going to a wedding in Newcastle Newcastle upon Lime? no the Newcastle other upon one Lime. yes I thought we were going to proper Newcastle but guess what I found out over the weekend we're not going to Newcastle properly so I'm glad I didn't book a castle in proper Newcastle <laughs> a hotel in proper Newcastle because yeah and I was saying to my husband how did you get this so wrong and then I realized <laughs> it's because where the wedding was was also called Newcastle so yeah when you're like me you don't understand so it's up near Durham um all their beers are unadulterated and vegan friendly so there's no finings like nothing like that you can explain findings in a minute but basically I've not heard of them previously I just know that when I looked into them their beer sounded really nice they had one bitter called Lady Marmalade and I was like oh I didn't get that one that sounds really nice it's not available at the moment from what I can see this is just from an article that I saw when I was looking at things so they said like Lady Marmalade is their best bitter um and it it just sounded really nice. I don't think that they, they might not have brewed that for quite a while, but it mm. just sounded really, really nice. Um, they've got a lot of like Belgian ales. Um, I had their um, cold brewed coffee <sighs> Kvike IPA for International Beer Day the other day, and it was. I love cold brew. It was so good. I love iced coffee. It's absolutely give me a cold brew. Give me a thing. Looking on their website right now, so you can get the spruce, the, the uh, light night spruce, uh, spruce gazette. A... You can get the beetroot. If you want to try the beetroot for yourself, yeah. you can go on their website and you can order it from them. It's like really reasonable as well. Like it's five quid for seven point one percent beer. Um, that's interesting and unique. If beetroot's your thing, you're going to love it. It's definitely worth it. If you just want to try something wacky and wonderful and different, try it because it's different. I mean, that grisette's only three quid. You know, it's 3.5%. So it's it's something that you could have on a weeknight 
if you were looking for something a bit lower ABV. They've got a uh, Kvike Pilsner, um, and then they've got extra pale an extra pale ale called Paperwhite 2021. So that's what's what I can see is available on their website right now. I don't think they've got any others, but definitely check them out because I've. Uh... Oh no, they have. I can see the coffee. Kvike. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to need to do so, an as order. As we were just saying that Tori's got enough beer, she's now going to go do an order. It's cold brew though, Jo. <laughs> yes, and it is delicious. You will love it. And they've got something called Let's Eat, pa- Let's Eat Pies. I've got that in the fridge. Pepper Bitter. Let's Eat Pies and talk about men's health. Men's yep. Pie Club. I'm going to have to order. I'm going to have to order, aren't I? Yep. For God's sake. But yeah, those are all the different ones. And they've got Suma, their IPA. The um, This one as well, the Spruce Grisette is a collaboration with first and last brewery from northumberland oh nice yeah um and i think they forage yes they foraged um the they foraged the spruce i do like it i just think foraging is really interesting yeah i want to for- forage bit. <laughs> right so let's crack, crack this open, open. tell me about grisettes now that you know about i've set the scene for yeah. who mccall's brewery are on a very very high level you know three thousand feet above the earth level um so oh it's a bit lively it is a little bit but it's actually manageable you can see this little bubble mine is not i'm gonna have to wait (laughs) mine's all head um so a grisette is often referred to as oh it smells amazing a grisette is often referred to as a little saison um because it's usually it's usually quite low in abv um and it this one rather than originating on farms it originated in the mining regions along the borders of france and belgium um it is called grisette because that means little gray one so some stories say that that's referring to the slate that was being mined in that area and some people say that refers to the grey frocks that were worn by women who were serving in the local pubs. Um, and there's this little story that they would stand at the like at the opening of the mines. So as the men were finishing their work day, they would stand there and give them a grisette as they came out at the end of the day. So little grey one could be the stone or it could be the ladies that used to give the beer. Or maybe it's double meaning. Well, it could be both. Um, maybe they gen- thought we'll be cheeky and we'll just do one <laughs> coverall for everything. Right. It's generally a low alcohol beer, as I said before, um, and it can be very similar to a goes from Germany. It should have a noticeable tartness. Um, and as of 2016, from an article that I was looking at, only one Belgian brewery was still making the style in the traditional manner. Although... As with a lot of these old traditional styles, American Craft Brewing has picked these recipes up and run with it. And so we've ended up saving a lot of these historical recipes and styles by um, our craft brewers having a play and seeing what they can come up with. Um, so, yeah, here it is. But it's usually you should get like spicy, phenolic and, and fruity on the aroma. It's going to be it's going to be highly carbonated. It's going to have a big white head check if you're I'm watching the a, video i'm putting a flake in it like look <laughs> yeah, at that yeah i'm either having a bubble um, bath putting a rubber duck in or it's getting a flake because yeah. it's ice creamy <laughs> and it is often dry hopped yeah i know this one that. definitely is look at this beauty. um so that is a grisette now do you want to know who else makes a really good grisette because i've not yes. had many grisettes splish splash i'm taking a bath look at yeah, those bubbles <laughs> it's got like like mr whippy on there um so one one brewery that does a really good grisette is da, 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 Duration. So their little fanfare is a grisette. It's three point eight percent. I have it in the fridge because I love. I think I've had that before, actually. And I love and I love Duration. Um, excellent grisette. If you but they they brew it every now and then. I don't think they've currently got any. Boutillias um, did one, I think. So I've only had. Was that the green hopped one? They've done two, um, because I've only had five. Grisette. I've only had five. Them, I've only had five grisettes out of the three thousand odd beers that I've tried, but two of them are from Boutilliers. I so thought they, you were going to say I've only had five grisettes from Boutilliers, and no, I was like, I didn't think they did that. Them, many. No, two of them were, were two of them were from Boutilliers. One 
it's was one the cool patrol cool patrol which cool was patrol. um so that was a green hopped grisette with pear pear yeah pear from drew's parents, parents garden, garden. <laughs> um and the other I loved one it. was called it was i love the name i love the label yeah. i loved the bit like all of yeah. it it was, all it was absolutely delicious and the other one was called hope and patience and that was equally delicious as well give us cool patrol 2.0 give us extra cool patrol <laughs> that's it's what that's i amazing. want just got foam on my nose because it's just it's so difficult to actually get a good smell and not get the foam on my nose oh, so it smells funny. beautiful it looks beautiful it's this lovely pale yellow color yep. very clear lots of carbonation bubbles yeah rushing madly to the top yeah it does smell really nice it smells like it does have really that saison quality to it doesn't fine. it and it's got a bit of spiciness to it right i'm going in i already went in it's interesting i'm trying to figure out how to put it in words before i say Ooh. anything i'm trying to do this thing called reflect before i describe because that's how I end up saying things are like feet and like, I don't <laughs> that's know. That's fine. That's not, it is. So it's quite light. It's quite dry. Very dry. Um, I think. It's. I'm going to say ginger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ginger. There is a tart, tart spiciness to it that is kind of gingery. Yeah. I think that's coming from the spruce. I'm getting ginger. Like I tasted the ginger first. And now that I'm like, that tastes like ginger. I'm smelling it and I'm like, I actually kind of smell a bit of the ginger as well. I Obviously, I don't think there's ginger in it, but something about it is giving off ginger yeah. vibes. Do you want to read think, the um, the label? Yeah, so with lighter nights and brighter times ahead, uh, and straight up, easygoing, easy drinking, Belgian grisette ale is what is needed. Brewed with our lovely friends first and last brewery from Northumberland. A foraged addition was a must. Pills and malts, pine and citrus light the way while sweet yeast-driven esters and wheat malt help contrast the light, refreshing nature of this beer. Dry hopped with a delectable relax hop. Expect super fresh lemongrass. Yeah, I'm hibiscus, getting lemongrass. Hibiscus and alpine meadows. And more pine and citrus. Super soft and light, delicate and refreshing. This is exactly what we need. Maybe it's that. It's not ginger. It's Maybe it's lemongrass. Yeah, it's lemongrass. And it just, I don't know, I always get and those there's a two. Bit of... For me, those two are very similar. Um, and so that's my association is with ginger because I think ginger ale, because that's what I'm like, I'm used to having that more than lemongrass. Yeah. But when you said lemongrass, I was like, no, that's 100% what it is. I think it's the combination of the pine from the spruce and the lemongrass is giving that, it's giving that kind of ginger and it's not yeah, ginger. Yeah, the spicy, like, yeah, <laughs> it's not, no, it's no, spicy. no, no. Um, totally get that you know i think this would go really well with as well mm. though if you were having like a nice boy well, you don't do spicy but like a nice spicy curry mm. i feel like this would be a really good companion yeah. to a nice spicy curry and maybe it's because the lemongrass i think would pair really well with certain yeah. like um indian spiced flavors i just yeah i can see this being a really good curry like i want to be sitting companion. outside in the sun in like a shady beer garden drinking this you don't want it to be in a shady beer garden. I want to be, I just bought a hammock. I went to Lidl. I do want to be in the shade because I catch on fire. <laughs> oh, I, I like want it to be sunny, but I'd like some shade. <laughs> I think um, my husband calls me a lizard because I like, I'm like, can we just turn the heat on like all the time? But then it's really funny because when it's actually really hot outside, I'm like, yeah. can we put the fans on, please? It's really hot. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> like can someone put cool packs out it's too much too much but i am um, i really like the heat and we always he calls me a lizard because i asked him once was like can we get one of those you know when you go to hotels and they have like the uv lights in the in the in the bathrooms that you can turn on at like certain hotels that i don't know why no. have you never gone to a hotel like this no. so there's like maybe it's like us hotel i don't know but like there's UV, like people that are listening, if you've made it this far, you've listened through all these tangents and you're listening to this one. Could you tell me if you've had this experience as well, please DM me and just let me know that I'm not being crazy here. But you have like lights that you can turn on in the toilets that are like UV type lights. So you're getting the the rays. I really like this. I think sometimes, because I said spruce, I think can split the room. Um, I don't think the spruce is overpowering. I think it's really well balanced. Uh, and right. I could, I would drink a lot of this. I'd be interested to see, because this is obviously the first time that I've knowingly had spruce. It'd be interesting to see how this, how my experience with the wild weather one 
yeah. goes because I know that they do go bold with flavors, which I think is great. That's why I love them is they aren't afraid to go bold with flavors. So I will be interested to see how they put forth the spruce in theirs. And does it have a similar like because this like you said, this isn't overpowering. No. Um, it's lovely. So, yeah. How will I still enjoy it if it's a bit more full on? I don't know. It's nice. Well, so there you have it. That is farmhouse ales what you've not so actually one bit that i think would be worth explaining is i mentioned that basically the mccall's beers are all unadulterated and vegan friendly so there's no finings about unfining about do you you want to explain i i can give a really stupid version of it but you could probably give a much better example of findings so so fining um essentially by adding a fining um this is added at the kind of conditioning phase and it well actually it can be added in the boil as well it by adding a fining it draws out any yeast any particles and it clears up the beer and everything will sink to the bottom of the bottle the keg the cask whatever Um, and then you draw the beer off of it and it is lovely and clear however the um there is one type of fining that has been prevalent for a long time, and it's called isinglass. Um, isinglass is the swim bladder of a fish that is dried and crushed up and added, and it helps through that process. Brewers can also use Irish moss, um, which is obviously less animal-based, um, or you can just leave your beer unfined. So, there, I mean, obviously there was a long time where to have clear beer meant that it was good quality beer. And if it was hazy, then it was going to make you ill. <laughs> Whereas now we are more used to seeing hazy beers. Um, an unfined beer is not an issue, but breweries will still put on their products that they are unfined because some people are still like, if that's not clear, I'm not drinking it. Oh yeah. We've definitely had people full on like, oh, there's something wrong with that. It's like, no, it's just hazy. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just I've literally had conversations with people where I'm like, that's a Hefeweizen. It's supposed to be hazy. It's meant to be hazy. And, and they're they like, look at me like I've got two heads. <laughs> and I'm like, it's got wheat in it. Wheat adds protein. <laughs> it goes hazy. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm yes. curious to know, how, how did you actually find out about McCall's? Because I literally, I've well, never heard of them before, never come across them before. How did you I find out about them? I think I was following First and Last Brewery because... They put a beer into the full circle International Women's Day tasting that we did, which I mm-hmm. still haven't drunk yet. Still in the fridge. It is lovely. That's the elderberry. The elderflower double. Elderf- elderflower yeah. one. Elderflower double. Still got it in the fridge. It was gorgeous. So I was following <laughs> them and they said that they'd done this collaboration with McCall's. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Let me go and have a look. So I like a grisette. Let me go look. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> They've got some other interesting ones. And so I put in an order. And then I was like, oh, this could be part of our. And that's when I saw the beetroot one. And then an order got placed and a podcast episode was workshop. <laughs> podcast episode was born. Yeah. Ta-da. Yeah. And that's our story. And how, so you mentioned at the start, well, we can't really say they're all farmhouse ones. You can't really say they're all farmhouse because generally a grisette is for miners, but it is still like, I mean, it was probably brewed on a farm. Well, I was going to say, like, when you, because obviously you said it's like a little set, like a little saison. So yeah. there's that link. I think yeah. we're good. Don't add us. Yeah. No. It's, con- <laughs> it's consumed primarily by miners, but, you know, other people would have drunk it as well. And they didn't like, brew it at the they mine. May did be they may be agricultural workers. So <laughs> they didn't brew it in the mine. Yeah, exactly. So it's fine. They had to brew it somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. No, that was, um, that was good. I feel like I learned, I learned a lot. See, these are my these are my beer styles. These are the ones that I really like. I yeah, I beer. really like them as well. But I I think like with these ones, I always associate them. Besides the beet beetroot one, and <laughs> um, the other ones, I really associate them with like being on holiday in Europe. And it's really funny because like I don't I love saison. I really genuinely love saisons. I'm not a person that's like oh saison's not for me. Um, really like them. Really lean into them when I see them on the menu I order them but for some reason like I never think I'm putting in an order I should go and buy a saison because I don't know for some reason oh, my I brain just works <laughs> yeah but my brain just works of like I've got at least oh, one more here's the, the things that I'm looking for I have a bunch of them but it's yeah. only because I'm putting in an order with a brewery for example and I'm like oh they've done a saison I'll whack that in the basket 
but I never start in order looking for one of them. And I think that's just because my brain associates them to being on like drinking these type of beers when I'm on holiday in Europe. I don't think about like, that's what I'm going to go and do the bulk of my order as. And I don't know why, because I always love them. And if you've not tried the full circle one, it's the best one. And genuinely, please put the black says on. Do a black says on. And Chris, please. I'll make one. Please bottle or, yes, or please, can the black can it, it was delicious. So there you have it. That is farmhouse and mining. <laughs> mining Farm ha- farmhouse and the occasional minery. <laughs> I'm going to call it the minery. <laughs> Tori, if they'd like to come and speak to you about beetroot and penny sweets, where can they find you? Yeah, um, uh, you can only find me because I like to drive exclusivity. You can only <laughs> find me on Instagram and you can find me on there at adventures underscore in underscore optimism. Joe, if they want to talk to you about black saisons, because you're oh. the only one out of the two of us that have had it, where can they find you? Come and talk to me about black saisons. Come and talk to me about brewing one because um, it's on the list. It's on the list. Um, you Chris, find- release it in bottles and cans, please. You can find me at uh, a woman's brew that is on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can also find my beer school where we talk about all of the different beer styles uh, and about beer tasting. That is Love Beer Learning. And we are on Facebook. I generally hang out on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter. We are on TikTok and we are on Pinterest. Uh, we also have a website, which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk. Or you can email us and we'll pick up here for the podcast at lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. So on that note... <laughs> Cheers! Cheers. <laughs>